Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Pursuit of Progress. My name's Benjamin Adams, and I'm here with a very special guest today who is also my co-host, Adam Lang. What up? Thanks for that intro, man. I'm looking forward to uh, perfecting the, the, the library of different voices you have um, in your tool belt with special effects supplied by Ben Adams. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's been a dream of mine to be a voiceover. But uh, <laughs> that's my movie voice. The Pursuit of Progress. Well, Adam, um, you know, we're really excited to have you on here as a co-host as always, but today um, you're also here as a guest and um, talk to us about what you want to share and what your, what your message is. Yeah. So hopefully you guys got a chance to listen or watch our podcast from last episode where Ben kind of went through a personal time in his life and shared some adversity that he overcame and looking back on it was one of the biggest pivot points of his life towards getting on the right direction and being successful both in his personal and professional life. Um, I have a kind of similar point in my life that was very adverse and a tough, challenging time. Um, not at the same level as Ben's divorce, but something that I also look back on as, you know, we talked about last week about you only have a few times in your life that are these points where you really have an opportunity to make drastic change, drastic improvement, um, and kind of steer yourself in the direction that you're intended to go on. So um, for me, that was kind of making a decision in 2019 to kind of leave my my entrepreneurial um, business, which was a tanning salon chain called Aspen Tan, and kind of taking that and moving on to the next chapter of my life where I was focused on real estate. Yeah. Yeah. And what an incredible story, um, just from some of the, the things that you have shared with me. Um, and just give everyone an idea, you know, you, you made that pivot in 2019, but how long, you know, had you been doing that just as far as all of the, the time and the energy that you invested? Um, and how challenging was it for you just on a personal level from, you know, a mindset perspective to really make that call and say, you know what, I'm going to pivot into my next chapter after putting so much time and energy into that business. Yeah, man, it feels like a different lifetime ago, to be honest with you. It's crazy how, you know, you have these chapters in your life, whatever you want to call it, but just, I mean, it feels legitimately like a different lifetime um, when in reality it was only, you know, four or five years ago. But I, uh, I moved up to Aspen, Colorado after college. One of my best friends at the time um, was from that area and had gone up there a bunch on spring break and just different uh, weekends throughout college and just realized that, man, you know, being, you know, a Colorado native and somebody that just loves skiing and the outdoors and the mountains, how you can't get any better than Aspen. Aspen's truly, um, you know, a one in a million type location. So I had the opportunity to, to go up there and move there. So we you know, along with a couple of other actual college uh, fraternity buddies of mine that were all kind of moved up there about the same time. And, um, you know, there's in the ski town, not too many career paths. You're either going to be, a, you know, a lot of people get sucked into the bar scene where they're just a bartender or, mm -hmm. um, you know, a server for, you know, many, many years, par partly because it is really good money. So you kind of get stuck in this little, um, you know, position where it's hard to, to do something else. 
Um, anyways, I just realized that I wanted to stay up there and not just be there for a year or two, which meant I needed to come up with a more long-term employment solution. Okay. I, uh, you know, had a lot of just friends that also lived in Aspen. A lot of girls had told both me and at the time one of my really good friends who became my business partner, we just kept hearing over and over how there was, you know, no options in the city of Aspen for tanning. So, um, mm. there's this old crummy, um, gym that had one bed in the basement that was burnt. It burned everybody. It was just not, you know, a healthy type scenario. Um, so we just started having all these questions um, come up about, you know, well, maybe there's a better solution for this. Maybe we could do something to improve on this demand that's there, but um, there isn't any obviously supply. So not something I've ever been into before in my life, tanning. I mean, it was totally, you know, obscure from what I was used to and not something I was passionate about, but um, ended up, you know, doing a lot of homework and kind of, you know, doing some research on the market and just what was our options for creating a salon and, um, my business partner and, and I basically just kind of took the the leap and we opened up our first store in 2009. So um, wow. in a, just kind of a small retail shopping center in Aspen, um, did everything ourselves, meaning, you know, the build out, the, the demo of the previous tenant that was in there to building it out ourselves and, you know, not having a ton of money at the time, just as much sweat equity as we could put into it, we did. So mm. That was 2009, and then I ended up having the business for just over 10 years, and in that 10-year time, we expanded um, to over five. We had five locations throughout Colorado. We had Aspen, okay. one was Springs, two in Boulder, and then also one in Denver. And um, yeah, man, over that 10-year period of time, we had over uh, 25,000 customers. I employed, I think, over 100 people when it was all said and done throughout wow. that time period. Um and was getting pretty close to a million dollars of annual revenue um, between everything. So it was, you know, a long 10 years. It felt like it was probably 30 years in my body's perspective. I mean, it was a long, <laughs> a long uh, chapter, but yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's basically the, the business that it was. Um, t talk to me about what an average day was like for you, you know, working the business, especially as it grew um, with several different branches in different cities. And how did that grow you as a leader, um, you, you know, from a mindset perspective and then just from a resilience perspective? Because mm -hmm. um, I, I can't imagine just all of the, you know, the, the different employees, the different branches, the different cities. So, you know, what, what did you learn and what were some of the most powerful uh, lessons over that 10 years? Well, um, can go a lot of different directions there, but, you know, when we first got started, since we didn't have, like most entrepreneurs, you don't have a ton of extra income sitting around from a, another job or, you know, we basically, we went all in. So um, we still weren't able to pay ourselves through the business for a, quite a significant period of time. So at the first, it's a year and a half, we both had full-time jobs outside of the salon. So, um, you know, my business partner would work one day, I would work the next. Whoever wasn't working in the salon would be doing their other job. You know, we were just doing whatever we could just to survive. Um, as soon as we opened up our second location in Glenwood, that was after maybe a year and a half, um, the reason we opened our second one initially was just because we knew that we had a ton of customers that lived mid Valley. So if you're familiar with the Aspen Valley, it's called the Roaring Fork Valley and Aspen is at one end of that Valley and Glenwood Springs is at the other mm -hmm. with Aspen being so dang expensive to live. 
majority of our just customers um, ended up actually being closer to Glenwood Springs than Aspen. So we realized that if we really wanted to, you know, make this work, we needed to have a second location that served those people uh, more conveniently and um, very, very tough time for us to come up with the cash to even make that happen. We had to, you know, borrow money from both of our parents. It was, uh, you know, kind of figure it out, you know, shoestring yeah. budget, but figure it out. How can we make the second salon open and happen? When we did that, that then at that point, we needed to have both salons open. So instead of hiring an employee at first, we both basically just gave up our other jobs and full time were in the two salons. So there was over a year where we both worked, you know, he was in one salon, I was in the other. And then what we do is we'd flip flop. So after one week, we'd switch. So that way we could still kind of socialize with the people we knew up in Aspen because Glenwood, we really didn't know anybody at the time down there. Um, so we basically just flip flop every week. But mm -hmm. since we were both in the salons, I was working literally seven days a week, 10 hours a day and from open to close. So from 10 a.m. until 8 p.m., we had those hours wow. seven days a week. It wasn't like I could, you know, close down for 30 minutes and go get a you know, a sandwich or, I mean, I, it was, I felt like I was in jail in a sense because I would open the door in the morning and I couldn't leave. I mean, I was stuck there until 8 PM when we closed and doing that seven days a week for over a year with the exception of, you know, a few holidays, but that's it. Uh, I just look back at that and I was like, man, how in the heck did I do that? Like that seems so overwhelming mm -hmm. to look back on it, but. Yeah. Pretty incredible crazy. effort. Um, and testament to your your commitment to make it work. Um, you, uh, I'll add to that really quick. You um, just asked some of these other kind of challenges or things along the way. I think the coolest thing about entrepreneurship, especially with your first entrepreneurial venture. So for me, mm -hmm. outside of working some you know hundred percent commission type jobs, this was really my first true entrepreneurial venture. And when it's your first, there's all these just little experiences you're going to have along the way, you know, negotiating retail leases in, in this scenario, um, you know, negotiating mm -hmm. retail leases, figuring out pricing, dealing with customers. I mean, there's just thousands of experiences that happen um, that you've never dealt with before. Um, and at the time can feel very overwhelming and just, you know, like you're drowning in all this stuff that you don't know how to do, um, but you mm -hmm. figure it out. Um, but I just think that that what's so cool about entrepreneurship is the time of, I guess, adoption or the ability to recreate or to to handle those different um, challenges the second time or maybe in the next business venture that you go through, just how much quicker and more adapt you are to understanding what to do in these types of situations and scenarios. So I just think that's so cool about entrepreneurship is building up your tool belt of experience and being able to apply that, even if it's a completely different industry, different type of business, mm -hmm. there's still these fundamentals that you, the only way you're ever going to learn them and figure them out is by going through the trenches and dealing with them firsthand. Um, so I just feel very blessed and just um, appreciative of those adversities and opportunities that I've had um, within that business. That's exactly right. You know, there's a big difference between reading a book about someone else's adversities and trials and going through those yourselves. And yeah, I mean, you just brought up a great point, like negotiating a corporate lease. I've never even thought of that or had to do anything like that. And I know it's very different than a residential lease. A lot of times it's multiple years. 
Um, and so, you know, talk, talk to us about what are some of the, over that 10 years, you know, just like reference like two or three really um, big moments or big adversities that you had and, and what you learned from those um, over your 11 years at Aspen Tan. So I would say definitely number one was what I just mentioned about this when we first expanded to our second location, just this um, inevitable weight that was put on both of our shoulders where we are not able to have the freedom of, you know, leaving and, you know, just the, you're tied down to a, an extreme um, level. That was definitely something that from a personal perspective was very challenging just because my social life was drastically affected. I was kind of depressed at that time just from being so kind of um, overwhelmed by, you know, where is the light at the end of the tunnel? Like, when am I going to be able to step out of this and finally hire somebody to kind of take some of this um, pressure off of us being in there all the time? So just that whole dynamic um, was mm -hmm. very, very challenging. And I look back on that as it was a very exciting time in my life, but also I was not the healthiest mentally, um, physically, just in kind of a rut, just from this monotonous day after day after day of kind of the same thing. It really did yeah. feel like Groundhog Day a lot of the times. And not to uh, be stereotyping or judging with any of this, but as you can imagine, tanning salons have some pretty unique, interesting characters that, you know, frequent the establishment. And I uh, just dealing with these people day in and day out, you know, and um, it, it taught me a lot just about how many different types of personalities they are and just how to, regardless of who they are and what they're about, just being able to figure out ways to still relate to them and create a, you know, a conversation and a relationship with them. Um, mm -hmm. It was, it was definitely a big learning point. So I would say that would be one of these pivotal points. Um, when we opened up our third location, we opened up in Boulder. So I'm a CU alumni and just re realized okay. that we needed to be in geographic locations that just had more people, more opportunity, you know, with the mountain yeah. town, you're very limited. So, um, you know, after you've kind of maxed out that pool of people, very, very difficult to acquire new customers and it was just a business model that was tough to really um, get past a certain point. We were limited. So going into Boulder, yeah. we realized that, you know, there's a ton more people, a very heavy, high amount of those people are our demographic, meaning typically, you know, college age females. Um, but there's also the, the challenge of competition. So it was the first time where we had gone into a market where there were several competitors some of them had been in Boulder for 15, 20 plus years. So um, that was another kind of a turning point or a unique um, challenge was just kind of reinventing the company as far as our direction we were going, our marketing, our just overall brand image and how we could differentiate ourselves with these other companies. Um, it wasn't nearly as emotionally intense as kind of that first point that I brought up about the seven day a week type thing. But it was just the weight was different in the sense of we had more on our shoulder, more riding on our shoulders. We had people relying on us. We had several employees at this point that, you know, needed us to be successful in order to put food on the table and support them with their um, confidence in joining us and wanting to build this with us. So there's just mm -hmm. this, as you grow as a, as an entrepreneur and you have more 
um, people relying on you, there's a different type of weight on your shoulders because now it's not just about you. It's about the people that you're trying to bring with you and succeed with you along that journey. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I guess I'll share one other one, which was definitely a big one. We got to the point where um, after we had opened up our fourth location, which is our second Boulder location, after that store was open for a period of time, you know, similar to your story last week with your marriage and going through divorce, having a business partner is very, very, very challenging. It can offer some incredible opportunities and positives, but there's also some some challenges too. And I think um, my business partner and I, we just, you know, have had a little bit different direction on what we wanted to do. And part of that too, was just that we were, you know, struggling, you know, the second store in Boulder that we opened was on the University Hill, which is, you know, right basically on campus. And we, it was feast or famine. We'd have, you know, during the school year, a line out the door. We had times um, before like homecoming and big, you know, football games in the fall where we sponsored the cheerleaders and the dancers and just had a ton of, um, you know, customers that were coming in on these certain times of the year where we would have up to like an hour and a half wait for somebody just to get their tan. So we had, you know, this incredible volume and busyness and then we'd have the summertime where everybody vacates Boulder. You know, anybody that's a student is going home for the summer or they're just, you know, they're just kind of checked out. Also, maybe they're just their budget, their ability to afford stuff that's kind of discretionary, like a, a tanning membership. You know, all that stuff just affected us to the point of it almost sunk the ship where it would be incredibly busy. So yeah, the summertime, everybody was gone. It went from, you know, feast or famine went from crazy busy to just crickets. And mm-hmm. that, you know, really almost, you know, sunk the ship where we just had to, you know, figure out what to do, how to kind of restructure the company regarding our debts and how we were going to pay all of these monthly, um, pretty high um, monthly payments just to break even. Just to put things yeah. into perspective on, you know, stress and just a level of adversity. I think at one point when we had those four locations, just to break even, just to get through our monthly carrying costs, when I mean Mm -hmm. carrying costs, I'm referring to our monthly lease payments on the four locations, all of the miscellaneous stuff like, um, you know, our bookkeeper, our, just our employee employment, you know, just our paying our employees. And then, you know, there's several other, you know, fixed, monthly expenses, we were pushing almost $70,000 that I had really? to make on a monthly basis just to break even. That's before any extra money was going into a pool to carry us during these slow months. I mean, it was pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah. that just uh, weighed on me for sure on these, you know, these weekly one-on-ones with my bookkeeper who I had a very close relationship with. And we would you know, sit down and just start looking at our QuickBooks and, you know, trying to just understand how we're going to get through it. It was just always a, you know, worrisome type uh, meeting with her. It was never, you know, uh, yeah, we kicked Mm -hmm. butt last week. It was always like, oh my gosh, how are we going to pay for this? How are we going to pay for that? Do we need to, you know, get additional funds from somewhere? Like how are we going to get through this period of time? So when it got to that extreme level, um, you know, after, probably about six or eight months of going through that level of um, scarcity, I get to the point where my business partner and I basically just 
went in separate directions and I was at that mm-hmm. point kind of the, the only, um, owner of Aspen tan. Okay. And you know, what's tough though, is when it comes to entrepreneurship is, you know, these little decisions you make, like I, the decision I made to open up this tanning salon business with my friend, there's no way out of that. Once you make that decision. So it's a very committing, very yeah. real decision where I think one of the things that was just very challenging for me from an emotional standpoint is just not feeling like I could ever get out from underneath this growing amount of debt and just um, challenges that were, I was facing on a, you know, it started out on a monthly basis, then it became a weekly basis. And then it became a, you know, how are we going to make payroll next Friday? That kind of basis. Um, But, you know, my, at the time I just realized again that, you know, I've already put all this effort and energy into this. How can I, you know, re how can I pivot again within the company to hopefully get us out from under everything? And, and that's when I decided to kind of on my own, open up this fifth location in Denver. Um, at, at this point, however, we also re- just kind of realized that these smaller mountain towns just really weren't producing the, the volume that we needed. So as part of opening up this new store in Denver, I actually closed down um, first, the hill, so the second location of Boulder, and then also actually Aspen and Glenwood Springs. So the goal was just to get down to two locations, um, just basically Boulder and Denver, both in these larger markets, and then try and just really reap the rewards of volume and kind of go from there. Um, you know, the, the tough thing though was, you know, we had already still had all this extra debt from Aspen and yeah. Glenwood Springs. It just, it was a very uh, difficult, um, time just trying to figure out what the right decision was. And there's nobody that can really tell you what it is unless you just kind of go through it and hope for the best. You know, I relied on my dad a lot during that time and just his um, guidance and advice, but it's tough when you just don't have that many people in your corner to kind of bounce ideas off of and um, give you that confidence that you're making the right decision. Yeah. I mean, those are some really great points, um, especially the point that you made about the business partner. And even though, you know, you decided to go your separate ways, kind of to your point, I'm sure there was a lot of things that you were both still jointly liable for, you know, credit cards, financial statements, loans, leases. And then to your point about um, just, just the pressure, you know, what, I, what I'm hearing is that that pressure, and it's almost on a daily basis, having to hit that 70,000 a month. Um, and you know, kind of, kind of living with that and having to absorb it. And I'm sure that probably allowed you to not maybe be as creative, uh, as, as you would, or as you normally would, just knowing that that's, um, hovering over you. So, so in 2019, after 11 years with Aspen tan and all of the ups and downs, opening stores, closing stores, um, you know, what was it? You know, what was it one event um, that you decided that now was time to pivot? Um, and so, so that, that's kind of my question. What made you realize that, you know what, now it's time to pivot? And just how difficult was that? Um, the fact that you've been doing this for 11 years and the financial investment, the emotional investment, and then just the time and energy investment. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a, a challenging time to kind of figure out you know, what the right path was, what the next best step forward would be. I just kind of got to this point where it just seemed like 
you know, my happiness, my, my sense of just purpose was not very aligned with the company anymore. And I mentioned earlier about just having this blanket or this heavy weight on my shoulders of just not feeling like I could get out of this in any way. Um, so, I mean, I just kind of got down to this point where it was just kind of ripped the bandit off, you know, just, um, realize that, you know, there are, um, going to be, you know, there, there's going to be this lack of fruits of my labor, so to speak. However, it's going to be giving me an opportunity now to kind of pivot and start fresh on whatever the next venture is going to be. So, and, you know, just looking back to on just the timing of this, where this was right when COVID was starting out, yeah. um, it would have definitely been an even steeper uphill battle once mm -hmm. all of those restrictions really started going into play where, you know, obviously something like a tanning bed where you're, you know, laying in a, a bed that somebody else has been in that you're cleaning. I mean, that was high level of concern when it came to COVID restrictions. So, um, you know, back looking back on this, I'm glad that this decision was made when it was, but I think what took it um, to the next level for me about just feeling painful or just having a hard time making that decision is just the, the ROI, the return on my investment of, you know, literally a decade of, you know, ton, I can't even think of how many hours it was, but yeah. I was putting my, everything I had into something for, you know, 10 plus years and not having this huge payday on the, mm -hmm. you know, the final day of this. So I think that was a big part and that was a big kind of a kick to the shins on just, you know, should I just kind of keep going and, you know, have faith that things are going to, you know, kind of improve and I'm going to get things a little bit more financially stable or, you know, just move on and, you know, start something else. So it was, it was definitely a decision that was very uh, tough to come to a conclusion on, but I very, very thankful that made that decision when I did. When you did make that decision, um, did part of you feel a little relief just from all of the pressure? Yep. There was quite a few kind of, you know, hoops I had to jump through to make that all, you know, a reality. Um, talked earlier about just these, we have a business partner as an example, these different things that are, you're connected with, even after you split up from one another. I had a little bit of that going on with him, but also just, for example, my commercial landlords, you know, as a, yeah. as a small business, unless you're Apple or somebody that's, you know, significantly improving the, the traffic to a shopping center, they're almost always going to be covering themselves by having you sign as a personal guarantor. Even when I was mm -hmm. at five locations, that still was not at a level of confidence for them to allow me to sign as an LLC on the uh, commercial loans or sorry, the commercial uh, leases. So mm -hmm. I had these, um, you know, additional hoops to jump through just to get out from under where I was, which took probably about three or four months to get through all of yeah. that. But that was until that had been completed, that really was when the weight felt lifted. Mm, okay. Yeah. You know, I think from being an entrepreneur, entrepreneur myself, I think that's one of the things that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with is all of my time, all of my energy, all of my sacrifice, is it going to be worth it? You know, you, you make such an incredible sacrifice, but then you have no way of knowing if it's going to be worth it. And that's always the initial thought, but then, you know, sometimes you win and sometimes you learn. 
And mm-hmm. now that you've pivoted into your next career and we're here in 2024, five years later, what are some of the biggest lessons that you have taken away from the prior 11 years with um, Aspen Tan that you has helped you to successfully be able to launch your, your next steps, your next chapter and your next career in real estate? Yeah, there's, I mean, more lessons learned than I can think of through that, you know, Aspen Tan experience. But I think just really having the mindset of using these different challenging times and these lessons that I've learned and applying them, even if it's totally unrelated to a different type of business, but, you know, things like just understanding scalability and how to, in order to grow, you got to bring on people around you that are better at certain things than you are. Mm-hmm. Getting rid of the ego and really understanding that to anybody that's truly grown a, a business of scale, they haven't done it alone. They've had to bring on yeah. people that understand different parts of the business and can execute on those different things better than the CEO or the founder. So mm-hmm. just really um, having a good understanding of that, which took several years for me to even get to that point of realizing that with Aspen Tan. But I'd say that, um, you know, my strengths with Aspen Tan were on the marketing side and just um, trying to, you know, tell a story, meaning just connecting with our customers, um, making them feel like this was a place that they were, they belonged kind of creating almost like a community similar to even like a gym, uh, workout community in the morning that we, we see at our 6am workouts, you know, it was kind of that similar kind of bonding where, you know, different people would come into the salon and they would over time start to know one another. And it was almost like a social, um, experience for people when they came in, you know, it just had something different than just a typical tanning salon. And I've tried to mm-hmm. recreate that and just be very mindful of that with other um, ventures since then, as far as not just being something that's about myself or about yeah. the company or the business, but really just figuring out how there's different ways that you can add value and make this part of their story, not just mine. Um, so I, I've tried to really relate that with real estate specifically, just with um, letting people uh, get as much value as they can for free and just trying to be more of a coach or a teammate to them rather than them paying me for a service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I think of you, I just think of someone who is very consistent with all of your marketing. Um, you know, you do a great job with your email marketing. There's always value in that. Uh, you give real estate updates, but then, you know, a- as you said, you're not there just to you know, talk about real estate. I've observed that you're trying to really provide some education and some value in other forms. Um, what you're doing on YouTube and social media. Uh, I know that you're also doing mail campaigns. And so um, ha- having that, that marketing experience, I-, I think a lot of us miss that and they don't understand that. Even myself at times, I'm not always as consistent as I need to be or focusing on the right thing. But I think when I think of you, um, you're doing all these different things over the phone, text, uh, through your email database, your online social media, your shorts, your long videos. You're, you're doing so many different things, reaching so many different people in so many different ways. Yeah, I think with real estate, for any you know real estate agents out there, it's you know, having a different mindset than the typical real estate agent where they're just looking at it as, you know, they're just, you know, an agent. It's, it's not a, I mean, it's, they are still kind of entrepreneurial in a sense, but they still maybe work for a brokerage where they're going to the, 
you know, to the office every day and they've got other kind of coworkers, so to speak, versus mm-hmm. really try to just approach real estate and being a real estate agent almost more as just a business where I'm trying to scale it. I'm trying to apply a lot of those same principles and um, lessons learned from a brick and mortar business and still applying it to scaling a kind of an individual business, so to speak, just with myself, but um, still bringing on other people on my team when it comes to virtual assistants and transaction coordinators and these other people that can still help you know, scale and, and get to a different level quicker um, than maybe it might take other people that haven't had that prior experience with building a business. Yeah. And, and how has all of your experience, you know, with the Aspen Tan business, um, the 11 years there with the real estate stuff, how has that changed your approach on adversity from where you were at in 2009 to where you're at today? Yeah, it's uh, there's so many like cliche little things to say, you know, like um, life happens, you know, for you, not to you and you mm-hmm. know, all those different ones. But there is some merit in a lot of those. And I think just using these experiences as I want to say war wounds, but like just they've toughened me up. They've allowed me to handle things today that maybe would have seemed like a massive issue to other people or to me, you know, 10 years ago, but now I've got a little bit more um, thick skin when it comes to dealing with challenges and just having a perspective now going through some of these really challenging, tough times that it's only, you know, it's, it's going to, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to get through it. It's not like I'm, you know, getting my arm cut off, you know, I'm going to get through this fine. It's not the end of the world. Um, and just having that abundance type mindset, I think that you only get, if you've gone through stuff, come out the other side and then have that perspective Mm -hmm. to look back on and realize that, you know, those were the times that you grew the most. Those were the times that you really elevated your game to the next level. And you're not going to continue to grow if you're not going through stuff like that. You know, if you're not um, kind of going off the the topic we spoke on a few weeks ago, which is, I think, very, very valuable just to remind myself on very frequent basis about being comfortable, being uncomfortable. You know, if you're not Mm -hmm. hitting that resistance in whatever you're doing in life, then that's really telling you subtly that you're not improving, you're not growing. And if you're not growing, you're probably actually declining. You know, you're not going to be in this limbo, uh, neutral state. It's really one or the other, either getting better, or if you're not pursuing growth and, and success and getting better at whatever it is, you're really probably actually declining in some other area of your life. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. It's either going into the plus column, your activities, your habits, your mindsets, or it's going into the negative column. There is no neutral. So everything we do is either a positive or a negative. And that's why it's so important to be aware of this stuff and talk about it. Because I know for my, you know, my situation, I think there are so many people that are just coasting by and things are good enough. But when you're not actively engaged in your own life and your own development and your own, own growth, what you're really doing is you're, you're falling backwards. Um, you're putting too many things in the negative column, and that's going to really have a, a negative impact on your life. Yeah, the only uh, other thing I'd add to that that's something that I'm personally, am, I kind of always have dealt with this, but I'm trying to be even more mindful of is the whole concept of enjoying the process, being yeah. happy and content and celebrating the small wins and really just enjoying being 
in the thick of it and in this process of whatever business you're you're involved in because looking back, mm-hmm. I think there was a significant amount of that 10 year period of time where I was not enjoying the small wins. I had these goals that we were trying to reach and we weren't getting there. So I was always in a sense, um, feeling a little bit defeated because mm-hmm. I wasn't just appreciating the moments that we were in. And if you're not enjoying the moments, I mean, you're going to, life's going to pass you by and you're going to live a lot of it from a kind of a negative, not very happy and fulfilled, um, type perspective. So, and I'm still dealing with that, to be honest with you. I think that's maybe something that a lot of entrepreneurs or people that are um, really motivated to get to a certain place in their life. Um, But I I deal with that a lot, just trying to kind of sit back um, and appreciate where I'm at and, um, you know, just be happy on where I'm at in life. Yeah. And, And I think that's why it's so important to recognize where you came from and what your starting point was. Uh, I think you're exactly right. I think so many people get focused on their goals and where they want to go. But when you're looking outward instead of backwards, um, you don't realize how far you've come. And when you don't realize and understand how far you've come, you can't appreciate all of the growth that you've experienced and all of those small wins. Um, And you did it with Aspen Tan and, and you're doing it now. And uh, so congratulations. And as, as we wrap up here, you know, what advice would you have for someone that's going through a really difficult time, whether it was with their business, with their personal relationships, uh, what would you like to share? So I think it's very, very important and helpful to reverse engineer your different um, scenarios that you're dealing with at the time, as far as adversity and just challenging points. So, um, you know, for example, if you're at a point where maybe you're trying to make a pivot, like I did realizing, you know, what's it going to look like at that point where I'm successfully able to move on to the next chapter, the next venture, whatever it is. And just from that point, what's it going to take to get there and then reverse engineering from that, um, different, you know, points that you need to get to. So by doing that, you're able to just kind of celebrate these small wins, or at least see them and know that they're a part of the um, pursuit to getting to the the end of the tunnel and to getting to wherever you want to be. And by Mm -hmm. having those smaller um, kind of benchmarks along the way, that's in a sense, a KPI, a key performance indicator. It's, It's data. It's some way that you can measure something just to know that you actually are making progress. You are on the right path. Because I think a lot of people, myself included, when you get into these very challenging points in your life, you feel so overwhelmed. You don't even know what direction to go, what step to take first. It's such a overwhelming weight on you. And the only way to, to really get through that, in my opinion, is to have direction and just to have these, these smaller, attainable, realistic you know, goals that are smaller to get to and then get to the next one and then to the next. And before you know it, you're going to look back six months ago and realize, wow, I actually did make a ton of progress towards what I was trying to achieve. And it's Mm -hmm. it's just a lot more um, comprehensible. Yeah. It's really those small daily wins, those small daily habits. And then the consistency of doing those things day after day after day. And I've noticed just for myself, um, when I get off schedule or off task or off routine, it just kind of messes with my momentum, my entire momentum for everything. And that's why I'm always so guarded of, uh, guarded of that. Um, I want to make mm-hmm. sure that I'm staying 
on task. And I'm, I'm doing those things on a daily basis that bring me fulfillment and where I feel like I'm, you know, continually and daily moving forward. So that's self-confidence, you know, that's something that you yeah. have to really protect with everything you've got. And that's something I've struggled with probably my whole life really, but I think most people do, but, um, in order to feel confident, having those small wins that you are able to see achieve and mm -hmm. get you at least in the right mindset to be as healthy as you possibly can to get through the, the challenging times. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Adam, for sharing your story. Um, really, really impactful. I know that I learned a lot today and uh, great having you on as always as a co-host, but then today as a guest. So thank you so much. Heck yeah, man. Yeah, it's been fun to be in the other seat. So looking yeah. forward to a lot more to come, you guys. New episodes coming out every week. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you guys are listening to the podcast. And really to help us grow, please, if you could, just leave us a quick review. If, in, uh, if it's just five stars, just doing a little bit of that um, back-end work is really going to help us grow the channel and hopefully reach some people that haven't found it yet and hopefully provide them with some tools and some opportunities to, to get some value from all of this. All right. Until next week, this is the pursuit of progress signing off. Have a great week, everybody. Catch you guys next week.